Hello and welcome to part two of the Peter Greenwood Show 2018 Roundup. This is the best of, this is segments you may have missed the first time around, completely unedited interviews and everything in between. So, being as first part was January to April, we are now into the month of May. And I told a story about my trip to the studio. And this is what happened. Ooh. Ooh, wait till I tell you this great betrayal has happened. While that song was on, that was Cheryl Cole, Cheryl Tweedy, Cheryl, whatever you want to call her, Under the Sun. And that wasn't... I mean, most DJs be like, yeah, Under the Sun, because it's hot, hot, not off. But not this show. You know not to expect that kind of thing from this show. I decided today I wanted some French fancies. Ho, 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 being fancy, huh? So... I go in, I pick up a box of French fancies, and I've opened them up. And this is why I'm outraged. This is why I have trust issues, okay? I am incensed, okay? I am genuinely angry about this, because you look at the box, there's 12 French fancies in a box. Ooh, good deal. That to do me. There's three chocolate ones, three strawberry ones, but only two vanilla ones. What am I supposed to do with only two vanilla French fancies? Now, admittedly, this is a bit of a first-world problem. There are people out there with real concerns, but you know what concerns me? My French fancies and how I've only got two vanilla ones. Man cannot live on two vanilla French fancies alone. I believe it was William Shakespeare who said that. He probably put the word thou in there somewhere to make it more official. Uh, Thou cannot liveth on two two fancies of Frenchness. Alone. There. That's the quote from William Shakespeare. So, I am enraged. I am incensed. And I realise I didn't do the maths on this. It's only eight, not twelve. But still, eight French fancies, only two of them are vanilla. You know what I mean? That's not good enough. You know what? During this next song, I think I'm going to phone Mr. Kipling. And be like, oi, give me another French fancy. I am taking this to the streets. I am taking this to the people. I am taking this to anybody who will listen. I am mad. I just had to get that off my chest. What do you think? Have you ever been conned by Mr. Kipling? Are you a Mr. Kipling victim? 07538-984-984 is the text number. You can text in, say hi, let me know where you're listening to me from. I would love to hear from you. Uh, Eight French fancies, only two of them vanilla. Well, that's ruined my Sunday. I'm going home now. Good day. No, I'm going. Good day. That's it. I'm out. Bye. Catch you later. See ya. I'm off. Nah, just kidding. Still here. I gotcha. I gotcha. Right, stay with us when you so much show. Still ahead. It seems I had a lot to complain about in May because after that happened, I decided I didn't like Christmas songs. Or at least I didn't like the summer version of Christmas songs. Take a listen. This is what I meant. I'm going to talk about something that kind of grinds my gears a little bit. You know how at Christmas people release, re-release songs with just sleigh bells behind them to make it more Christmassy? Well, I realised there's a market like that for summer. Because nobody really re-releases songs in the summer 
with summer sound effects. So what I've done here is I've, I've cooked up a few examples for y'all, okay? So let's get into the first song. We're going to be playing some classic summer tunes. Oh, I hate saying that, it makes me sound silly. But we're going to be playing some classic summer songs. And we've got some noises of summer to put over them. So let's start with uh, Will Smith, Fresh Prince and Summertime. Drums, please! Classic summer song, eh? So let's add some summer sound effects to it, shall we? What do you think, eh? That's the first one. That is the first classic summer sound effect song. Uh, what about another one? Let's go for... Oh, uh, what about this one? Bob Marley, Sun is Shining. It's mellow. But here's the summer re-release version. There we go, how about that, eh? Another classic song for the summer. We have one more, of course, it's one of the happiest summer songs. Something we're all doing today. <laughs> I'm a DJ. And here's the summer remix. So there we go, some classic summer songs remixed. You know how I like we do with Christmas songs? That was the whole point of that. It took me about 45 minutes to put that together, but definitely worth it, I think. <laughs> May was kind of a quiet month. Nothing much really happened on the show in terms of production in May, because it's my birthday in May, and so I took a few weeks off to relax and enjoy my birthday and chill out. But June, June is when... I really started having fun, and I'll tell you for why. I've been a big fan of Tessa Violet for such a long time. Like, she has been, back when she was Mika Kitty, she was just everything to me. So, when Tessa released her single Crush, I used that as an excuse to try and get her on the show, and it worked! Tessa Violet came on this show. The Tessa Violet came on this show. And this is the unedited, well, I say unedited. Here's the thing. There was something Tessa asked me not to broadcast, and she said she didn't want to broadcast at the time, but I'm still keeping up with that. 
And there's one other thing which I removed from broadcast, which I won't tell you what it was, because some things are just private between a person, you know? So this is my complete, uncut, almost, unedited, almost, interview with Tessa Violet. Hello, is this Tessa? Hi, this is Tessa. Hi, Tessa. It's so good to speak to you. I'm Peter. How are you? Hey, Peter. So sorry about that. Could not figure out Google Voice. I went with Skype. It's okay. It Sponsored by Skype. Machines, machines only good when they want to be. Yep, true, accurate. How are you? I am very well, but it's the hottest day in the UK for twenty-four years, so it's a bit. Oh. It's a bit warm here. Wow, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I appreciate your sympathy. If you can send like an air conditioner, that'd be perfect. I'd love that. Yeah, it's crazy. When I, I mean, I saw friends complaining about it being hot in England when it was like. 80 degrees and i'm like mm-hmm. what are you guys nuts it's not hot at all when i went and i realized no one has ac all the buildings are meant to insulate i'm like this is miserable yeah that yeah our whole thing is we're not used to the sun like when it comes out we try to sacrifice things to it we have no idea what we're doing <laughs> great so huh. before we get started i just want to cut just want to make sure there's if there's anything you don't want to talk about um i don't think so uh, do you have an example of something you think I might not want to talk about? Uh, no, nothing really sprung to my mind. Uh, I just wanted to make sure you were comfortable and in case I said anything. There's nothing. I'm not going to surprise you like, tell me about this time you got arrested in Vegas or something. I don't know if you've been arrested in Vegas, but just, in, just for an example. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I'm down to basically talk about whatever. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm just going to do an intro if you're ready to begin. I'm ready. Okay. The voice you're hearing now is the voice of somebody I have admired for a very, very long time. She's a YouTuber. She's a musician. Ladies and gentlemen, Tessa Violet. How are you, Tessa? Hello. I'm well. Thanks for having me on. You are so welcome. I can't believe you agreed to come on this pooky little radio show. Thank you. I cannot thank you enough. No, it's my pleasure. You're very, very kind. Whereabouts are you in the world right now, Tessa? Uh, right now, I'm currently in L.A. proper, staying with my friend Dodie. We're on tour later this year. Check us. Um, I'm here for PR and do a showcase. Wow, you're with Dodie. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a <laughs> massive nerd, but I love Dodie as well. I'm such a big fan of Dodie. Oh, she's so wonderful. Isn't so she just? She's a person and so wonderful as a musician. So I'm super excited to go on tour with her later. I cannot wait to hear more about the tour, and we'll get to that. We'll get to VidCon, which I want to ask about. But let's start by talking about your origins in music a little bit. Did you grow up in yeah. a musical house? What's your, your origin story? Yeah, I mean, not really. Um, my mom likes music. Uh, we listened to like a lot of compilation jazz, Frank Sinatra type CDs growing up. Um, and I did choir and musical theater, but I definitely wasn't a songwriter. And I love to sing, I love to perform, but the idea of being a musician and being a songwriter just seems so foreign to me. I thought that was something you were either born with or not. I'm like, well, I just wasn't born with it. I can't do that. And it wasn't until um, I was in my early 20s when my friend left his guitar in my car and then moved to Oakland. And I was like, yo, Alan, let me get this guitar back to you. And he wouldn't tell me his address. I was like, man, 
is a shame. Someone should play this. And I was like, I guess I'll play it. And I started learning guitar and I started writing songs. And I was like, oh, this rocks. And then this little website came along. I, you, you'll know what it is. I think it's called YouTube, something of that nature. Ah, yes, YouTube.com. Yes, that's the one. I've, yes, some people may have heard of that. How did you decide to start putting your videos up online? Yeah, um, when I was 17, I found another blogger, a German blogger, and I was just enamored by the idea of, like, wow, here's this kid all the way across the world, like, talking about his life, giving a tour of his room, and it just seemed so wild to me that you could peek into somebody's life and that you could um, broadcast your own life that way. And YouTube's slogan used to be YouTube, broadcast your life. Um, so for my senior project in high school, I did, I was like, I'm going to do a video every day this summer. And I did mostly. <laughs> and the senior project was supposed to be like 20 hours. And this was like 120. But I just thought, wow, this is so cool. I love it. When you look back at those videos, I don't want to say do you cringe, but what, how do you feel when you look back at them? Um, I definitely cringed for a long while. Like, I'd be like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. Now I look back on them and I'm like, oh, cute, I'm figuring it out. You know? Um, because no one's good at anything when you first begin. And um, that was a time that I was figuring out what does it mean to edit? What does it mean to be on camera? What does it mean to understand the pacing of what a YouTube video is? And it's, they, it's cute when I look back at it now. They do say it does take 100 hours to become a professional at anything. I think they say it takes 1,000. Is it 1,000? I only heard 100. I, that's, that's probably why I'm no good at anything. So, <laughs> so then Shauna, Nanalu, came along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you meet her? Um, we met um, early on, early, early on. I would... Um, I was friends with a friend of hers through Skype. None of us had ever met. We would just chat like late at night with um, either group calls while we we're playing games online or one-on-one. -on -one. And someone was like, hey, I think you'd be friends with her. And I was like, I don't know, whatever. And we got connected. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this woman. <laughs> and, yeah, we've been friends ever since. We lived with each other for a while. We were doing film with each other. And now we live in separate cities, but I just hired Shauna to edit my most recent music video, uh, Crush. Yes, Crush. Let's get on to that, because I I kind of follow... Sh Shauna does a Twitch stream, and I talked to Shauna yeah. on that, and she's talked all about Crush. Let's get into the Crush of it a little bit, because your this is your album. It's from your album. It's called Bad Ideas. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the title Bad Ideas and then let's work out how Crush came into it. What's its place on sure. the record? Yeah. Sorry, can you repeat that question? Talk about the what? Of I'm bad sorry, ideas? that wasn't very clear. I'll start that again. <laughs> sorry, I was just kind of <laughs> babbling. Uh, let's... No. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm just trying to... Okay, you ready? Clean start, we're ready. Clean start, think. okay. Go. Let's talk a little bit about the crush of it all, because that's from your forthcoming album, Bad Ideas. I want to ask mm -hmm. about the title, Bad Ideas. Where did that come from? Oh, yes. Um, well, what I say before I play the song is that it's the title of the song, the title of the album, and it's the theme of my entire life thus far, Bad Ideas. Um, 
I took last year off from YouTube and I just worked on the record and I think it was a year for me of really sort of realizing like or at least recognizing like why do I keep doing the same things over and over again when I know what the consequences of them are um you know falling for people who aren't that into me or won't be that good to me or you know uh, you know drinking too much whatever it is and just sort of realizing like huh the 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 course for that title is bad ideas i know where they lead but i have too many to sleep and <laughs> that's how it felt you know and mm-hmm. the beginning of the record crushes the second song on the record and it starts very like i just want to feel like yeah let's just do this let's feel this crash and bad ideas will be the third track and i think in bad ideas you hear a little bit more an understanding of like this may not go well but i don't care reckless abandon that's what I love about you as a performer because you are and I don't want to seem like I'm tooting your own horn because you're on the phone here you are one of those performers who is always optimistic but then on a second can turn and rip your heart out through your lyrics (laughs) yes excellent Uh, that's so flattering to hear thank you please feel free to put that on the back of the album I will excellent anyway sorry Uh, yes so What's the lyric writing process like for you now? And has Mm. it changed from when you first started? Um, I think it's, it's sort of carried along in a similar way. I always write lyrics and, um, music together. I write it all at once, but I will, sorry, you can edit this, right? (laughs) Yeah, I can edit it. Don't worry at all. (laughs) Great. I sat down because my phone needed to charge it. When I'm not pacing, it's easier for me to lose my train of thought. Um, I do the exact same thing. Like, like if I'm on the phone to somebody, I'll need to sit down so I don't pace around. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I'm not pacing, I'm like, what is I saying? I don't know. It's like the shower effect. It's easier to feel like you're doing something too. Okay. Um, so I always write lyrics and music together. But I will usually, uh, (laughs) Um, my best songs come when I kind of have an idea of what they are going into it. So with Bad Ideas, I sat down and I wanted to write this song. I guess I shouldn't talk about Bad Ideas because you guys haven't heard it yet. I'm so excited to hear Bad Ideas. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, So with Crush, I'd been sitting at my piano for like an hour last summer as I was writing with the record I was in the habit of writing every weekday from nine to three or until I'd written half a song at least like so either finishing a song or starting a new one and I'd been sitting there for like an hour on my phone scrolling through this guy's Instagram and I was like oh my gosh this is like I'm obsessed this is insanity uh I can't focus on what needs to get done and I'm like that's the first line um so for me I write a lot from life um, it feels, it feels a bit like exercising something from you. That's, you know, you can't fix a problem if you don't recognize what it is. And songwriting can be that a lot for me to put something into words and to understand it better is helpful in my life. So, yeah. See, I find that fascinating and maybe it's because I can't write music. I can't write lyrics to save my life. So when I meet somebody who can, I always find it really interesting to find out their process and after you wrote that first line, 
how lo- how long did it take for the rest of the song to come together? Ooh, um, the verses came real quick. I think I probably wrote all the verses in a day. And then I got really stuck on the chorus. I knew I wanted it to be, I could be a crush, but I just couldn't find like a, a melodic idea I felt was very catchy. And then it was the, actually the first song I've ever done and the only song on the record that is a co-write. Um, I sat on it for like a month. You know, I have a lot of pride around writing. It's hard for me to let go of something. And a month passed. I just thought, you know what? Enough's enough. I think the song is a great song and it would be unjust of me, unjust, to not bring this to someone else because my pride says I don't want to co-write something. So I brought the song to two of my dear friends, Solomon and Lauren Olds, and I was like, here's this verse I wrote. I can't figure out a chorus. Will you guys co-write the song with me? And yeah, we killed it. It was so much fun. It came very quick with them. And um, it was great. Um, But that's not my typical go. I guess, yeah. That's a good trail-off to that question, right? Yeah, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> I would like to know, though, like, one of my favourite lyrics in Crush is, I've got a fascination with your presentation. Mm. That is just... The way it all comes together in that song with that music behind it, I'm like, that is genius. That is really good lyrics. It's, it's fantastic, right? Solomon wrote that. I wish, I wish I could claim that as my own. But yeah, Solomon wrote that. And I was like, oh, yes, that's exactly what this is. And is Crush typical of the rest of the album? Is this a, I don't want to say a new sound and a new direction for you because you've always kind of done songs that sound like this, but is this mm-hmm. typical of bad ideas? Um, hmm. I, it's hard for me to be objective about it because to me, I'm like, yeah, totally. It all just works together. I, I would say that, yes, it's, this feels like the record. This is for sure the quote-unquote happiest song. Um, it sort of descends into madness lyrically after that first song. But um, musically, I would say they all kind of feel like bops or anthems. That's an interesting word that you used. I want to ask about that because I saw, just before Crush was released, I saw people saying, this song is a bop, and you said it was a bop, and I'm like, a bop? And then I heard Crush <laughs> and I realized that is what a bop is. <laughs> yeah, get your head going. You're bopping to it. I have bopped to Crush many, 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 many times. Yeah. I really like it. I want to ask Thank about the. So much. I want to ask about the music video as well. Mm-hmm. What was that shoot like? Because for those who haven't seen the video, it starts off with Tessa walking around a superstore, and she sees a fellow who I assume you you, you admire, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would say that's the. And so he's straightening up the shelves and you look at him and he looks at you and he's like, oh, okay, whatever, and turns and walks away. How hard was it to find a guy who'd be like, okay, I'm going to just walk away from Tessa Violet? <laughs> Funny. Um, well, that's a friend of the director, Isaac. Um, and he he was like, hey, I have a friend. I want to do this. whole opening scene was Isaac's idea. I can get... I've worked with Isaac forever and I can get kind of insecure about the idea of having a story within a music video because I'm like, no, I want to let the music speak for itself. But also I feel like I'm kind of a mediocre actor, so I'm embarrassed to act. Um, But he's like, no, I really think this will work. I really think this will work. I want this opening scene where you see this guy and he walks away and you're like, oh, dang it. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. 
I'm so glad he pushed me because it's great. It's like, oh, yeah, we know that feeling. It really like, oh, maybe this will be something. And then you realize, no, he does not care. Yeah, it's like in a split second when you see someone and you can see your future in their eyes. You see weddings, babies, houses, and then they turn and walk away and you're like, huh, that happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, right, that wasn't real. And I've got to ask about this. How terrible? Mm-hmm terrifying was it to get up on top of those freezers and walk around up there awesome not scary at was all it? a dream fulfilled i thought it looked uh, yeah. terrifying oh no i've always wanted to get on top i always there's always been a curiosity in me of like what would it be like to look over the um uh, grocery store it feels like like a playground, you know, to, we filmed overnight from 10 PM to 6 AM. And when Isaac was like, we're going to have you on top of the freezer. I was like, are you sure? Are we allowed to do that? <laughs> and he's like, yes, it's okay. And I was like, this is wild. Um, so that was awesome. So fun. And was it a one night shoot? Or was it multiple nights? It was two nights, but almost all of it was done in the first night. The second night we just came back for pickups we got a few of those opening shots um, of the wides. You see one with Dante, my drummer. He's wearing the yellow hat. And another one, you see Isaac, the director, in the background. Oh, there's a few Easter eggs for fans. I also want to touch yeah. on what may be an Easter egg. I think I discovered mm-hmm. it. I haven't, I haven't seen it in the YouTube comments. And I posted it online to some Nanaloo fans to see if they saw it as well. Because I was like, did you do that, Shauna? In the very opening of the video, when you're walking around... It sounds like it's on mm-hmm. the store PA. You can hear Crush playing mm-hmm. in the background. Yeah, um, that was Isaac. Uh, it's yeah. He's like, "What if we have the song um, playing in the background?" He asked me a, for a lo-fi version. I was like, "I don't have it." I'm like, "But just take out the top end and the low end, and it'll sound lo-fi." So I found a thing. I'm not mad. You, you did it. Fantastic. I am so happy that you've confirmed that. And I want. I know you. You. Got very little time. I'm sorry for taking up so much of it, but wrapping up no, on... No, it's my pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. You're so nice. Huh, I wanna... You are. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask, what was the reception like to it? Because I, I tweeted you, I was like, oh my God, Tessa Viola's got a new song. It's called Crush. It is amazing. And what's... The... It's... Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. So I was just going to ask, what's the reaction been like to it online? It's been overwhelming, positive, Um, really. I tried to go into this um, release with open hands, um, just knowing that you you can't control the outcome of anything. All you can do is be yourself and have fun with it. And I tried to go and just be like, you know what? I did my best. I love this song. I had fun with it. Um, I get to do this full time. Whatever happens from here happens, and I'm grateful for whatever. And it's the oh, the reception has just been so positive by so many people. People I haven't talked to in you know I haven't seen in years. I saw a VidCon that were like, "Your new song is so great." I'm like, "That is so kind. Thank you." I feel really encouraged by my friends and also by my patrons. Shout out to Patreon. Yep, shout out to Um, to Tessa's Patreon. If you don't know, Patreon is basically a service where you can directly pay an artist, pay a performer, and it helps them keep going. Yes, 
And they've been absolutely funding the release of this record. It's enormously expensive and way more, more money than I have for sure to hire, you know, the team you need to make sure everything's running smoothly, to get a publicist, to hire someone to pitch to playlists on Spotify and Pandora everywhere. And it, without, it goes without saying that without um, my patrons and the support there, this release would not be what it's been. And Crush is an absolutely fabulous song. As you heard there from Tessie, you can hear it on Spotify, you can hear it on the Apple Music. That's where I've got it. I've got it on the Apple Music. And it will be included as part of Bad Ideas when that is released. Yep. I am so um, excited. I, it was, yeah. It kind of got out on accident, and then I was like, oop, it's out. Okay, buddy. <laughs> How did it get out on accident? And were your, were your company mad about, mad about it? No, it was fine. Um, Billboard said that it was coming out part of their release of the Crush music video. So it's like one of those things where you're like, ooh, didn't mean to release that album release date yet, but it's also Billboard saying it, so cool. Oh, well, it's Billboard, so, you know, you can let them away with it. It's like when you read, like, the back of an action figure, and it's like, Darth Vader returns in Star Wars Episode Nine, and it hasn't been announced yet. It's like, what?! What? You spoiled it for me. I don't know if Darth Vader's going to be in episode nine, by the way. Just a, just a disclaimer there. Tessa, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Is there any final thoughts you'd like to share with us today? Um, let's see. Uh, at Tessa Violet everywhere you can think of. And yeah, check me out on Spotify. The more saves and shares we have, the more that sort of helps the momentum of uh, the single crush. And the more record companies will pay attention to it. Yes, hopefully. I I do hope so as well. Tessa, we're about to play your song. Would you care to introduce it for us, please? Hi, everybody. Ooh, can I use? Should I use your um uh, tag in some way? Is there a way you'd like me to introduce it? Uh, no. Any way, any way you'd like to do it is fine. All right. Honestly, I'm re- <laughs> I'm really not precious about it. Cool. Hi, everybody. My name is Tessa Violet. The song is Crush. <sighs> it probably shows in my voice how much I loved Tessa, but she was just, she's probably one of my favorite guests I've had, not just on this show, but on any show I've ever done. I just adored her, and I can't wait till she comes back, and maybe she'll be coming back soon, that's all I'm saying. July is when I had a lot of people come on the show, but something also very important happened, and very exciting. This pokey little radio show, which was sent to Radio Siberia on a Sunday evening in the UK, started airing in the United States. How cool is that? This show airs in the United States. If you're listening to me from the US, hello there. And wherever you're listening to me from, hello, I would like to say hello to you, because you're listening to this train wreck. But the show started airing in the United States, and in case you missed it, I thought I would bring to you the first... Five, ten minutes or so of the Peter Greenwood show, USA. What an imaginative and creative title, right? Every so often a radio show comes along that makes you go, Damn, what is this? It's a show unlike anything you've ever heard before. It's a show so big, the entire United Kingdom alone couldn't hold me. And I'm sorry, America, I am so sorry. But from sea to shining sea, you're never going to be the same again. 
and I want you to do just one thing for me. Forget your Ryan Seacrests, forget your Kevins, forget your Beans, forget your OPs, because this is Friday. This is the start of a brand new era here on Mile High Radio. This is the Peter Greenwood Show, and it's beginning right now. So I collapse, I'm spilling these raps, long as you feel them to the day that I drop, you'll never say that I'm not killing them. Welcome along back to the Peter Greenwood Show. I am the host of this train wreck, Peter Greenwood, believe it or not. And this is the first show I am doing for Mile High Radio in the United States. The first show I'm doing in America. Yay! Just just me then? Just me? Cheering? Yay! Woo! Yay! Woo! Ah! Okay, a bit of that. Could have sounded more enthusiastic, but I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to come on too strong on the first show. As this is the first show, I would like to take the opportunity for you to get to know me. So what I'll do is I'll tell you some basic things about me. And and if you go onto the show's Twitter, which is at BDHLive, the letter B, the letter D, the letter H, L-I-V-E. And you can find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash bdhlive as well. You can ask me some questions and I will use them on next week's show. But this is a segment I like to call, Allow Myself to Introduce Myself. Allow myself to introduce myself. So as you didn't, if you, in case you didn't get it by the name of the show, I am... Peter. I am 32 years old. I am from just outside Glasgow in Scotland, one of the most beautiful parts of the world. Uh, I overlook a river called the Clyde, which is famous worldwide. You may have heard of it. Uh, I've been doing radio for seven years now. I, I used to do television production, but then stuff happened and I had to leave that. And now I'm back doing radio. I've got a qualification in it. I've won awards. I've worked for the Glasgow 2014 Commonwealth Games. And I'm due to actually work for the Glasgow 2018 European Gymnastics Championships coming up soon. I'm going to be doing some work there. That'll be interesting. I've done most kind of shows that you can imagine. I've done sports commentary. I've done sports news. I've done drive time. What we call drive time in the UK which is basically when you're driving home. I'm not sure what it's called in the US, but that's what we call it over here. Probably the exact same thing. But I've done that. I've done specialty shows. I've done video game shows. I've done a lot, is what I'm trying to say. And now I'm here on Mile High Radio. But how did I get here? I hear you ask. Well, I... I want to bet. (laughs) No, I sent an email. Said, hey, I do a show. You want to hear it? So... I got an email back, and it was very gracious, it was very polite, it was like, wow, your show's really good, it'll fit in with our sensibility, our family, so here I am, and I'm going to be here for for a while, let's say, for the foreseeable future, and I am so excited for this new opportunity and for this show to finally go out in America, because a lot of people have said that the kind of shows I've done in the past have already been like late night US talk shows, and I know this isn't late night, but a lot of people have said that. 
which kind of makes sense because a lot of my broadcasting inspirations, a lot of my comedy inspirations are the likes of Conan O'Brien, Johnny Carson, David Letterman is a big inspiration to me. And speaking of David Letterman, you remember the top 10 list he used to do? Yeah, keep tuned. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, there's a little bit about me. In July, I also had a couple more interviews. The first is with somebody I met completely randomly at the King's Theatre. Her name is Becca Blogger. She's a blogger, believe it or not. The title gives it away a bit, doesn't it? But Becca and I went to see a show together. We went to see a show called The Band about Take That. It's a musical based around their songs, but not about the band. So, kind of, sort of. So, this is me and Becca Blogger reviewing The Band. Welcome back to the Peter Greenwood Show. My name is Peter Greenwood. I am the titular host of this train wreck, and I have a guest with me today. We met completely randomly, out of nowhere. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Becca Blogger. Hi there, Peter. As she's known. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I am boiling to death. As we're recording <laughs> this, it, I don't even know the temperature outside. A hundred degrees. About that, I would say. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay though. You, you good? Yeah, very good, apart from the heat. Yeah. So... We're here because we're going to talk a little bit about the show we went to see yep. on Tuesday, which is how we randomly met. It was the band yeah, at the King's Theatre. Uh, it was one of those jukebox musicals. If you don't know what a jukebox musical is, it's basically they take the songs of an artist like Mamma Mia with ABBA and whatnot. So this one they did with a band called Take That. and But it wasn't the Take That story or anything. It was a group of girls... How would you describe it? A group of teenage girls go to see Take That in the 90s? Yeah, basically them growing up and their love for Take That. Yeah, and then tragedy happens, which we won't spoil. No, we definitely don't want to spoil that. But they end up drifting apart. And then years later, they end up back together again. They do. The music brings them back. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. (laughs) That's all we got. (laughs) (laughs) No, but... I really how did how did what did you think of it? I really liked it. I I loved the cast. Mm. I really liked the relationships between the girls and the music just made it just so exciting and just made you want to see more. I think so as well. Like one of the things about the music is it works so well. Yeah. Like you can get you can take anybody's album and make a make a music out of it like they did with Green Day. Mm-hmm. That didn't go so well. Yeah. But this one really works. It does. It's really good. And let's talk a little bit about the history of Take That, because their first... Do you know what their first number one was? Have a guess. I honestly would have no idea. Their first number one was in 1993. It was a song called Pray. Okay, yeah. Uh, So in 1993, I was seven years old. (laughs) Uh, And at the time, they didn't really hit my register. yeah. Because I wasn't a big boy band kid, because why would I be? Yeah. But I also think there was a problem with, after they, even towards the end of the original run of Take That, they were, how do we say this nicely, a bit tragic? (laughs) Well, I was three at the time, so (laughs) my memory's vague. Right. But I think history very, very quickly condemned them as a boy band, a bit bit naff. But when they came back in 2004, Mm -hmm. 2005? Yeah. I can't remember. And my voice gets high-pitched, I can't remember. See, I quite liked them then. Yeah? Yeah. I, I really liked Shine. That's probably my favourite take that yeah. song. 
See, mine's just plain. I don't even know when it is came it? out. Yeah. Well, 1993. <laughs> now you know. And knowing is half the battle. It is. Uh, so, what did you like about the musical? I liked the dancing. I thought it was very well choreographed. Mm-hmm. I loved all the costumes. Uh, obviously, for me, being into fashion, the costumes and things just told a story in themselves. So I liked that. It was really good. I think one of the most fascinating things, and I don't know if you picked up on this, because various members of Take That have come and gone, and as they sung the songs on stage, like there were five members of Take That yeah. on stage singing, and as a song came out that that member had left for, they'd still be there, but they'd be background. Yeah, I noticed that, yeah, and I really liked how they done that. I thought that was really clever. It's very, very clever, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what was your favourite song? Pray, because I, I love that song. Um, I just think that in itself tells a story. So, yeah. Yeah. I really loved Shine because they'd had these staircases up and down the, the, on different sides of the stage. And during Shine, they came together and they walked down it like they did in a music video and it lit off. And I was like, that is cool. Yeah. It, it fitted very well, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did as well. Now, I know we there was a lot to like about it. What didn't you like about it was there anything that you didn't enjoy i think for me i, I like most things about it i just feel like the the boy band herself i feel like maybe they could have been a bit more i don't know maybe a wee bit more forward with things i think that was quite like the i know they were always in the background because they were in her life mm-hmm. but i feel like you know i think from i've seen take that before um, and I think that they just kind of were, were almost too quiet um, yeah. for things, if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, it's uh, like they were a part of a story, but they weren't a part of the yeah, story. Yeah, and I understand why they done that. So obviously because it was to tell the story of these girls' life and their love for that band. But I feel the band could have been like like forward more and more like you were at the concert more often, yeah. is what I mean. you know, That would have been cool. Yeah. They did do a segment of the show, again, kind of, kind of spoilers, yeah. where they were at the show in the 90s and mm-hmm. then again at the end of... 2005 whenever yeah. it was they were and the state the backdrop of the stage went off and it had these massive concert lights and the take that logo came down and the boys were on stage more of that for me is what i mean that's yeah. exactly you've described it perfectly just more of being at a concert i love yeah. that feeling that was really great and then a lot of the time the lights flashed onto the audience and whatnot it was that was that was a very yeah. cool part there were a couple of technical snafus as well i don't want to dig too deep into this <laughs> but let's be honest there were like at the end of the opening number when they're in the school i forget what song that was but they come out of the lockers yeah did you notice the locker was left open yeah apparently. there was a locker that left that was left open <laughs> yeah. and it was quite crucial to the, to the plot because they needed to open the locker in the next to scene get stuff out yeah so <laughs> this locker very sneakily closed that was quite that's one of the things i love about the theater yeah me too is nobody else will ever have that experience yeah like people going the next night or the night after or seeing it in london manchester wherever Mm -hmm. they won't have that because that happened to us that's the great thing about the theater yeah i agree yeah so uh i'm trying to think of anything else what i'll I'll cut this bit out what else do you think what else what else what else um the effect it had on the audience the way that everyone was getting yes Uh, the audience yeah as well I think that really brought it together for me obviously I was sitting next to you so mm-hmm. that was good because we were kind of bouncing off each other with our energy yeah. and enjoying the sad and the happy together but everyone else was clapping and shouting yeah there's always a point with these things because at least I don't know if you'll feel the same way because I'm there as press I always feel I can't get fully involved yeah 
I don't. I feel. I, I feel like I really enjoyed it, but I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Like you have to main, maintain a professionalism. Like somebody from the theatre will come and be like, "You're not allowed to sing. Get out." <laughs> Even though it's not going to happen because they want us to enjoy it. Of but course. I always feel like you, I'll get in trouble. You can't stand up and clap and really love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And people really did love it. Like the woman next to. Did you see her? She had. Yeah. She was had the hands going and loving it, clapping away. Clapping away. I would like to mention this though, and that's the King's is. It's an old building. Yeah. It's a beautiful building. But it scares the life out of me when people jump up and down. You can feel the floor moving. Oh, my Lord. Isn't that terrifying? I didn't want to say that to you, but I was terrified when everyone was jumping. Yeah. And and it's been there for a while, so it's been there for a while longer. But you never know when the vibration will be the one vibration that That shatters it. it. I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who thought that. It terrified the life out of me. I was terrified. I just didn't want to see. (laughs) I appreciate your bravery. So, uh, what else? I forgot. I can't think of anything else. I feel like I'm leading. So sorry. No, it's fine. No, I kind of like that. Um, I think how we met is quite a funny story. Yeah. And as I said at the start of this, we met completely randomly. I think we were standing back to back for each other for about 10 minutes. We were, and then a photographer was talking to me about getting some pictures, and he could only get women, and he wanted to show, you mm. know, like there was men at the show as well. So I turned to you, Peter, and I said, well, let's have our picture taken together. And from there, obviously, we found out a lot about each other yeah. and connected. So it was really we nice. We had a lot of talk, and it was really good. Like, most times at these events, and I don't want to slag off my co- our colleagues in the industry... But everyone's, at least in the press, parts are there to do a job. Yeah. And it was so nice to meet someone who would sit and talk to me and not treat me like an alien. Yeah, I think that's it. I think, like, if I'm by myself and someone else by themselves, I really like to include everyone and make mm. sure that everyone's going to enjoy the show as yeah. well. So it's good to just get to know people. And obviously, we, we have a lot in common, so I'm really yeah. glad we did speak now. Yeah. And it was a bit like, do you want a photo taken? Yeah, okay, why not? Yeah, let, let's go. Come yeah. on. And we did, because you were holding your phone in your bag. Yeah. And it was like a very awkward left-handed handshake. Like, yes. Hi, <laughs> Yeah, it was very nice. I'm a very awkward person when it comes to handshakes anyway, <laughs> so it's not you, it's me. Yeah. But it was very delightful. And I want, I, I'll edit this back into an early bit. And you mentioned the show was kind of sad at some points. Yeah, for me, um, growing up, obviously, having a group of girlfriends, it tells a story of that. And obviously, there was a tragedy in it, as I say. We won't say too much about it, but I think you can just really relate to that. Growing up as a young girl, it's really tough, and to go through just normal life is really hard. But these girls went through something that's extra tragic, so I think it was really quite hard to watch that. And obviously, with the music and things, it really pulls in the heartstrings and just makes you feel what they would have felt at that time and the effect it would have had on all their life and and how it changed and catapulted their future. Yeah, because the tragedy, it really drove them apart. It really did. It had a big effect. And I always feel like things like that are really unfair because their lives were planned on a trajectory. Yeah. And this thing happened that tore them apart, Mm -hmm. so they never got to live the lives they should have done. Yeah. And that's kind of upsetting as well. I think that's a hard thing. Um, obviously, with them being such young girls, it's quite hard to watch them go through that. But I think, obviously, it did make a good part of the story because, obviously, it, it, what happens in the end, it, for anyone who goes and sees it, will understand why that played such a, a vital part in the show. But it's just, um, as a young female, I can totally imagine going through that. Obviously, everyone's went through things and you can kind of see what would happen to them and why they would go through these changes in their life. And obviously, having that, it's a little bit more difficult but it was really nice to see how they all dealt with things in their own way it was really good 
Yeah, and they all came back together. Spoilers, they came back yes. together at the end, which if it didn't, it'd be a very short musical. It would. It would. It would definitely would have ended at least an hour earlier than it yeah. should have. <laughs> uh, but they all come back together and most of them live happily ever after. I really like the endings for everyone. I, I really, that's something I enjoyed. Obviously, we won't say what happened, but I really enjoyed for each character the way that their life panned out and how they dealt with how their life panned out. It was um, really good storytelling in my eyes. We're going to go into mild spoilers with this little bit. What was your? What do you think was the funniest part? So for me, one of the girls, this is a spoiler, but one of the girls was obviously training to be in the Olympics and she was obviously had a very neat figure and things mm, like she that. She was a swimmer, yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, she was swimming and she wanted to be in the Olympics. So when she grew up, obviously, when the tragic thing happened to them, she grew up and she became basically um, overweight. Mm. And it was about her story of dealing with that. And obviously she always had made a joke out of it. But I really enjoyed that bit because I thought the way they told that was really good. And, and that actress just told that very well and very realistic and just made you totally understand why that had happened yeah and i wasn't quite sure when it happened when the reveal happened yeah. that she'd become bigger yeah uh because the audience loved it they did and, but i wasn't sure how they were going to play it if they were going to shame her or yeah make her the butt of a joke and mm-hmm. she, it's not like the, the actress was obviously in on the joke of course yeah and so was the character to an extent but yeah. that kind of worried me a bit yeah I think it's really difficult to touch on things like that obviously um, people can be quite sensitive to these kind of issues but I think it's one thing I love is it's um, amazing in theatre when they can convey things that go on and things that cause people worry and stress just now it's really nice to see them tell that in a story and tell it in a nice way yeah because the most telling thing about that is as, you, as we said, she was training to be a swimmer. She was really fit and in shape. And they asked what happened. And she said, basically, you girls left my life. Yeah. And because she didn't have them. Yeah. She lost the motivation. And that's it, yeah. It's, I think it's um, obviously that they're, they're sad and they're happy. And I just think the way she dealt with it was really great. Because she was still loving her life. And she was still going away with these friends. And she was still having a good time. Um, regardless of her situation, she was just learning how to deal with being a different person. And it was really nice as a woman to see that. That no matter how you change, you can always learn to love yourself. It's really important. Yeah. I want to ask you this, based on something you said earlier. Did it... I got. The, I heard a, we were walking out the theatre, and I heard a lot of people saying, "Oh, it made me think of such and such from high school. It made me think of this friend. Made me think of that friend." Do you think it's inspired you, or will it inspire you to send the Facebook message, to send the email to somebody you've lost track of? See, for me, I, I'm really bad for not keeping in touch with old friends, but it really did make me think about things. Um, and obviously, it makes you think how short life can be, so it makes you think you want to reach out to people and just have that relationship again. Um, one girl, it's quite strange, I did actually get back in touch with. I went to my first concert. It wasn't Take That, but... What was it? It was Blazing Squad. Oh, my yeah, holy worse, Lord. worse than anything I could have went oh, to see. Oh, Rebecca. I know, and her name was Maddie, and, um, and we went to that together, and we haven't seen each other for years and we met recently in the gym and we got back in touch so when I was at that show I was really thinking her and thinking I can remember the excitement coming out like shouting and her mum and dad being like girls you're shouting but we had no idea but it was because the music had been so loud and yeah it just makes you want to be friends again doesn't it and just like relive those great times yeah I had that it wasn't because of the band it was actually a few years or so ago I I grew up in a very very small town I don't want to go too deep into it because I'll get distracted but I grew up in a very very small town and I didn't have many friends and after I left the ones I did have I drifted away from 
and I've recently gotten back in touch with a couple of them, and it's really nice to have that connection to your past. Definitely, yeah. Which is what I think the band really brought out in a lot of people. Yeah, it does. Did, did you have a favourite part of the story? Uh, I did like uh, the reveal of the the older car, not just... Uh, yeah. that one but like how they'd all got an order yeah. uh, spoilers one of them is a lesbian try yes. to work out which one <laughs> uh, which I thought I was like I wonder if they're going to do that will they do that yeah you had an idea yeah and they did which I'm delighted about uh, I also really liked it wasn't technically part of a show and again mild spoiler territory there's a thing with balloons and I don't know if you saw this as well yeah they le- they let the balloons go, send a message up into the sky, mm-hmm. and they let the balloons go on stage, and they just went up to the roof of the theatre. Yeah. I wonder if it... One started drifting down. I wanted better than that, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. Although, do you know what was really cool as well? The fire. Yeah, I really like that. That was probably one of the best like features like mm-hmm. um, in terms of like theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. Like during re- I think it was during Relight My Fire because yeah. when else would it have been? Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> during Relight My Fire they had vroom, fire not fire can what are they called? Not fire cannons. I don't what know what you call that. Basically fire. Yeah. They had fire. explosions. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was it was great. And it you could feel good. the heat from you it really as well. Could. Like again, another thing about the King's Theatre, it's a beautiful building, it's old, it's protected, good. Keep it that way. That being said, Put in an air conditioner. Definitely required. It's so hot. Am I am I wrong? Am I speaking you're, out no, of turn right. here? No, you're right. It was far too hot. It was uncomfortable. It was just so clammy at points. Yeah, definitely far too hot inside. Yeah, which isn't anybody's fault. Yeah, but it's just. Oh, it would have been nice to have some air conditioning. I have a question for you about the show. Okay. If you could have played one of the characters, who would you play? Okay. Uh... I would have liked to have played the young version of the business girl. Yeah. I, I'm terrible with, ca- with characters. I'm the same. Names. I don't remember the names, yeah. Was, was she the ta-da? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was a girl that went ta-da. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> reasons. Uh, I wanted to play the young version of her. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think I'd make a convincing lesbian. No, I don't think so either, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought she was really funny. She was. I liked her as well. Yeah. What about you? Who would you like to play? I liked the main girl. I liked that she had a kind of troubled life. And I liked the way that she dealt with things. But she'd always totally held on to this music. And for me, music is like one of my favourite things in life. I think if you're happy or you're sad, you listen to music. And it just makes you feel a certain way. So I loved how she used that to get her through a not great time. So I really liked her. Yeah. Uh, should we wrap this up? Any final thoughts you'd like to share about the band I and just what you thought of it? Think if you are looking for a good night where you can dance and enjoy a great atmosphere and looking for a little bit of excitement, you, I would recommend anyone would go and see it. Also, think take your dancing shoes because you will be dancing at points and just go out and have fun at it. Just enjoy the show and, and let the music take over you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, you see it all the time on theatre posters. This show is a hoot or I couldn't stop laughing. This is genuinely funny. It's genuinely heartbreaking. The music is brilliant. I mean, you hear, oh, take that musical. You have certain preconceived notions. Yeah. But I assure you, take it from me, your old broadcasting pal, Peter Greenwood. 
that this show is not one to be missed. Definitely. I think so. Let's uh, wrap it up. All right, stay with us, won't you? There is so much show still here to come. I'm Peter Greenwood. And just say your name. And I'm Rebecca Forrester. This is Becca Blogs as well. Yes. You can find her online at Becca Blogs all over the place, Twitter, Facebook. Yep. Facebook. So at Becca Blogger is all my usernames. Yep. So go find her. She's very lovely. Becca, thank you for coming today. Thank you very much for having me. And we'll do this again soon. Thanks, Peter. What do you think? That's, you're so good at that. Thank you very much. How do you do that? <laughs> I... I I really worry when I meet new people oh, you're good. You're because good at it, cause, like, I'm obviously nervous and you can, like pull information out of me. It's really good. You're really good at that. It's such a talent to have. Thank you so much. I think we need to redo another intro that's though because we need to say where we didn't say where we were and yeah. I told them. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll do a the reason I do this is it's an edit point yeah. like when it pops up it's like a waveform so yeah. these are distinguishable patterns. So you know. That's cool. I've talked all over it. I'll do it again. Welcome back to the Peter Greenwood Show. My name is Peter Greenwood. I am here with... Becca Blogger. Hello, Becca Blogger. How are you? I'm very well today. How are you, Peter? I am hot as the devil. But Me too. pretty okay. We are not in the studio. No. Nope. We are outside. We are. I mean, I did say to you, do you want to come to the studio? Actually, yeah. I didn't say. That's a lie. I'm making this up. I am so sorry. I can't keep up a lie. Uh, I suggested we meet somewhere outside, and Becca suggested... This place, which is where we are, the Single End Cafe, the Garrett Hill. Yep, one of my favourite cafes. And it's absolutely lovely here. There's a wee... Well, what is that? Is that a deer? It's like a stag, isn't it? Yeah, but like... I don't know if you can see it. It's got the two eyes down there, but then the wee screws there make it look like a robot. It does, yeah. It looks uh, very unique. Yes. And we're just kind of looking around. It's very nice. Pur- purple? Yep, purple colour. i purple. Nice green sofas. Yep, it's very lovely. I feel like Sherlock sitting on this couch. <laughs> I feel very, very fancy. Yeah, but we are not here to talk about the establishment. <laughs> we are here to talk about the band. Yep. A musical we went to see this week. We did, and that's where we met. Exactly. Our first date. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we'll cut it there. That's Chop back in. Uh, I'll do another outro as well. That's fine. Thank you to the single end Garrett Hill for having us. It's lovely here. Very nice. They gave us water. They did. Well, they gave us glasses with ice and lemon and we got the water ourselves. And it's nice and cool. And it's lovely and cool and it's so fabulous. It's been great. That's it. After Becca, I had another guest on the show in July. This guest was somebody I'd been wanting to have on for a while, but schedules had never matched up, or she'd been able, she'd not been able to make it, and I'd not been able to make it, and it was just a just a cluster. But we finally got together. This is a Scottish singer-songwriter. Her name is Cinny, and we met in the Buchanan Galleries, and we had a chat. <laughs> so we'll, I'll act like I'm just coming out of the link. So to start of the song, so we'll just pick probably up. no problem. This is the Peter Greenwood Show. Welcome back. I am delighted to have your company with me this evening and joining me as a very special guest. Somebody who I wanted to have on this show for a long time, <laughs> but schedules haven't matched up and we just haven't been able to make it happen. But we are here. Please welcome Cinny. Hello, Cinny. Hello. How are you today? You well? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am pretty good. It's going pretty well today. So there's so much we have to talk about, but let's start with kind of your musical origins a little bit. Okay. How long have you been doing music for? So, piano-wise, I started doing lessons when I was about nine or ten. It was my granny and papa, actually, that paid for them, because a piano teacher moved in next door to them, and they asked if I wanted lessons, and I thought, why not? So I did lessons for about 
maybe four or five years. And in that time, I started songwriting. But I always had a bit of a, an issue with stage fright. So it probably wasn't until about just just before my 20s that I actually went and did like an open mic night at Box and kind of put my songs out there. So I was a bit of a late bloomer in that sense. Um, and yeah, rest speaks for itself. And what was the process like when you first sat down at the piano? What was, was it daunting? Did it feel like you were meant to be there? What was Yeah, no, it felt, it felt really right, really comfortable. Um, I've got so many songs, although my issue is I usually do a verse and a chorus. I've got hundreds and hundreds of sheets of paper lying everywhere with verses and choruses. Um, so songwriting comes really, really naturally to me. It was just more of the the stage fright thing and having the confidence to get out and, and, and show people my music and, and my songwriting that was the, the major issue for me. And how did you overcome that? What was I know it's <laughs> it's not something you can wake up in the morning in the yeah. films and it's like, I'm going to do this. It's a gradual process. Yeah, with what a lot of like? um, support and encouragement from my family, from my friends, um, who were just like, you're crazy if you don't just get out there and and show people your music and sing. So it took it took quite a bit of guts to, to do it. Um, but it's got it's got easier. I'm fine once I'm actually up on the stage. It's just I think it's the the bit before that, the lead up to it that I don't know. I just overthink. But when I'm up there, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> like the process of getting to the studio is, to do this it's show is, yeah, is nerve wracking. It really is. But a friend of mine said that's a good thing because if you're not terrified, then you're well. You're what's the point? Yeah, exactly. you should be challenging yourself every day. So no, I think it's a good thing. A little bit of nerves is a good thing. That's exactly right. And what has been the the feedback from family and friends? You said they've been very supportive. They have. Yes. Um, I mean, family's probably always going to be like that, but my mum especially just loves my music. <laughs> Absolutely loves it. Um, she'll punt it to anyone, anyone that'll listen. Um, my friends are always supportive. They're always coming to my gigs. Um, in general, feedback I've got has been good. It's just the, the thing I struggle with more than anything is the social media side of it and actually getting the music out there and plugging it because I'm terrible at, I don't know, it kind of... Uh, bigging myself up and plugging the music. I'm fine with the songwriting, the performing, but... The social media side of it, I do, I do struggle with that quite a bit, but I'm learning. It always just feels like you're, I don't want to say bothering people, but it no, is but it just is. like, hey, it's look at yeah, me. Yeah, like in their face. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just so not like that. But so that's, that's another challenge that I'll have to, to kind of overcome, but I'm learning. I'm hopefully getting better at it. I'll need to. <laughs> <laughs> I think that people who can do that are really brave, for want of a better yeah. term. And especially because... I've said it before on this show and I'll say it again a thousand times. I cannot write music. I cannot play music. <laughs> yeah. If you would have gone to my head and said, write me a song. You still couldn't. <laughs> you'd have to pull the trigger. So what's the process like of songwriting for you? So songwriting for me, it's always based on personal experience um, and how I'm feeling in that moment. Like I'll maybe, if I'm maybe feeling angry or upset about something, I'll sit down at the piano. I sit down at it every single day, um, kind of based on how I'm feeling, um, yeah, experiences I've had, what I've been going through, um, relationships, <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so more often than not, I'll have an idea about what the song's going to be about and I'll sit and work out chords or a general kind of feel for it on the piano and then I'll put lyrics to it. But I'll have a, a kind of theme running 
through my head about what the song is about and then right. I put the lyrics to it. So mm. it's music first, then lyrics? Yeah. Sometimes it's a combination of both. I'll kind of do like even maybe like a verse or kind of the chords for a version of chorus and then I'll do all the lyrics for it. So sometimes it's a combination, but more often than not it'll be the music first, yeah. And what's the quickest you've ever completed a song from thinking, oh, I have this jingle in my head to getting it written down to getting it recorded? Oh, um, the quickest I've written a song has probably been in about about 10 minutes but the the recording side of it takes a little bit a little bit longer than that because when I first started out it was just me by myself on piano just purely kind of singer songwriter stuff so that was quite easy I suppose to go into a studio because it was just me and I was just laying down the track putting vocals over it so that was easy enough but now I have a band so I've got my my drummer who's my brother my little brother he drums for me and um, my guitarist Chris we go way back we were in a band many many years ago so it's a little bit more complicated now because obviously you need to go into the studio with the drummer first and need to lay down the piano and then me and Chris will usually in my flat will just just record everything else basically um so it takes a little bit longer and this EP's taken quite quite a long time to come out just with with personal things that were going on in my life and it's just it has taken a bit longer than usual it's been a good few months but it's here now. <laughs> That's the important thing. We'll talk yeah. about the EP in just mm-hmm. a moment, but I want to ask about the process of being in a band because mm-hmm. when you started, it was just you. Just you me, had yes. nobody to answer to. <laughs> What's it like being in a band? Does the process get more democratic? How do you all work together without killing it's each actually other? actually relatively easy, but I think I've just lucked out because um, obviously my drummer is my wee brother, so we have a good relationship anyway, and he is a really talented drummer. So I don't really need to give him kind of too much direction or anything on what he does. He's kind of got it like that. Um, and Chris, my guitarist, we've known each other, been friends for years. So it's really, really easy. We really bounce off each other. We like all the same kinds of music and he just gets like the ideas basically that I'm going for down to a T. So it's actually been really, really easy. That is good, but that being said, at the end of the day, it's your band. Well, that's it's your name. I call shots. But no, no, it's, it's, it's been very good, very good experience so far. Let's talk a little bit about the EP. Is, yes. is this the first EP you've done? No, so I had an EP out last year. Was it last year? Yeah, my very first EP. I think I had five tracks on it. Um, it was called Constant Dreaming. And I did a, an EP launch for that in Nice and Sleazy's. Um, it was a great night. Really, really good. Um, it was really well received. I've been to Nice and Sleazy's. What's it like? It's a good venue, actually, yeah. I just hired that out. I had a couple of supports. Um, but the sound was really, really good. Really good. It's a nice week. It's, it can hold quite a few people, but it's still quite intimate because it's down in the basement. Um, but it was really, really enjoyable. So I did that, did quite a few gigs, and then I thought, right, I need to to do something else. I had a bit of a break in music, um, as I said before, and then I thought, right, I need to get this, this EP out now. I need to do something and get back out there again, so... And how did you decide what songs will go on the EP? Well, the song, so the lead track of the EP, Running Away, I've been, I've had the actual piano music down for years. I just kept chopping and changing, like, the vocal melody, the lyrics, and then I went through um, a breakup, and I just, it just came to me so, so quickly, like, the lyrics for the full song, and I thought, this is definitely, I need to stick with this, and I need to record it. So that came to me really, really quite quickly, and then I recorded it. I don't want to remind you of a bad feelings or anything, <laughs> but I would like to ask, if you go through, for example, a breakup mm-hmm. and then you put it into a song, yep. does that help? Yeah, 
I think it's yeah. I think it's quite a cathartic experience. I um, it certainly helps me. I um, kind of get out any kind of angry or upset feelings that I have, and then it kind of helps you move past it. Well, it helps me move past it anyway. So yeah, it helps me. I wish I could do that. Again, I <laughs> wish I could write music. Must be another outlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my only my only outlet is going into the studio playing Kesha songs very loudly. <laughs> That's good. Whatever works for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, when is the new EP released? You said it's called Running Away? It's called Running Away, yep. So, the actual official release was on Sunday, the 15th, just that Sunday there. It was my birthday. It coincided with that. Oh, <laughs> I, I did not know. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, it coincided with that. Um, yep, so it released on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify and Deezer, I'm sure. So there's not like an official like CD or anything like that, like there was with the last one. It's just kind of more online based, but there's two tracks on it and I think they're okay. Yeah, I think they're pretty, mm-hmm. I, you send them to me and I listen to them and like, this, mm-hmm. is, this is really good. That's <laughs> one of the reasons, because... You kind of came onto my radar last year with yeah. the last EP, but we just couldn't, yeah, we couldn't get, get schedules yeah, course, and stuff. But here we are now, which yeah, is the important finally. thing. <laughs> what is the goal going forward this year? Are you going to tour? Is there going to be more music coming? I would like to. I would love to tour. In an ideal world, I would love to give up the day job and just do music. Um, just kind of write music, even writing music for other people and performing myself. I would love to, to kind of tour and also get kind of out with Scotland because I've never went further afield of like England or anywhere to, to kind of tour or do gigs so I think that might be an idea to kind of do that as well and branch out so other people can hear my music that does sound exciting see if you do tour can I come of course fantastic absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've obviously never been on tour because I don't do the kind of job that, need, mm-hmm. that you need to go on yeah, tour for but I just think it'd be so much fun yeah. to get out there and play in front of people well that's it and it's, it's playing for different people as well um, which yeah it's, it's getting your music out to a wider audience which is, is the whole idea I would like to ask about the experience of performing live now you said when you're on stage you're fine but getting up to it yes. is, is a challenge a challenge yeah that's a good way of putting it when you're on stage and you're playing your music mm-hmm. how does it feel i know it's kind of a broad question but no no it's a good question um amazing exhilarating it's over really really quickly over too quickly i would say i am um, considering the lead up to it, i'm like oh i'm so nervous and, and I get overwhelmed, but then when I'm up there, it's just like me and the band, we're all just vibing off each other, and the audience are always great, and it's just, it's a wonderful feeling. We're about to play the title track from Running Away, called Running 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 Away. Away, yes. (laughs) Easy. Tell us a little bit about this song. So, this song, this is the one that's based on the breakup that I had um, just last year. So, it's, it's not an angry song. I don't think it's angry. Although that is an explicit lyric, can I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe you, slightly angry. You did email me like, okay, be aware. <laughs> just a warning, yes, yeah. I know. Um, but no, it's just it's just about a breakup and yeah, I suppose just life, life after that. And how are you doing now? Are you doing okay? Absolutely brilliant. That's I am fantastic. happy, happy, happy. <laughs> I'm really happy to see it. Thank yeah. you. I can't talk anymore. Time is up. Time is up. Cindy, I cannot thank you enough for your time for oh, no. for today. Where can people find out about you online? So you can check Facebook. It's under Cine Music on Facebook, Twitter and SoundCloud. Um, and I'll be posting updates, hopefully a lot more updates now that the EP's been released and I've started to get gigs coming in. So, yep, just check out any of that social media. 
And would you introduce your song for us? Sure, I'm Sunny and this is the lead track from my EP Running Away called Running Away. This is just a short compilation of some of my favourite top ten lists. I really love doing a top ten list. And the explanation behind it, if you didn't listen to part one or you've never listened to this show before, is basically, you know The Late Show with David Letterman and he did a nightly top ten list? Exact same thing. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm just paying homage to Dave because I wish Dave was still on telly and it really bothers me that he's not. So in an homage to David Letterman, this is my favourite top ten lists of the period between May and August 2018. Hear the thing. As you may or may not have heard, I don't know if this came across your radar or not, but Donald Trump was in the UK this week. He was in Scotland, and he made this statement. I believe that the people in the UK, they like me a lot, and they agree with me on immigration. Of all the arrogant things to say, I mean, oh, this, this, this human. So, this week's top ten list is the top 10 replies to that statement. Number 10. Denied. Number 9. No, 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 no. Number 8. Number seven. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Number six on the list to be top ten replies to the stupid statement by Donald Trump that people in the UK like him. Nine, 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 nine. So much nine, it's almost ten. Number five. Go f yourself. Go f yourself. F yourself. Go f yourself. Number four. You are the best, you know why? Because you're so thick. You're Mr. Thick, thick, thickety, thick face from Thick Town, Thickania. And so's your dad. Number three. You need to shut the f up. Number two. Stop it. Get some help. And number one on the list of the top ten replies to that ridiculous statement. How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? Number ten. F you. Number nine. Seriously. F you. Number eight. Like I'm being totally serious. F you. Number seven. What is actually wrong with you? Who hurt you? Do you need a hug? Number six. Were you born stupid, or do you just try really hard? Number five. Why didn't you pick on somebody your own size, huh? Number four. Maybe we should put you in a cage and see how much you like it, huh? Number three. Bring on the cage! Number two. I hate you. Everybody here hates you, okay? We bigly hate you. And number one. In case I didn't make it clear, go f*** yourself. There is still time to do the top 10 list, and this week's top 10 list comes to us from your friend and mine, Mr. Stuart Dixon. He tweeted this story, or retweeted it, it appeared in The Guardian this week, and it said that the UK is unprepared for a heat wave, going so far as to say that the NHS is prepared for extreme cold, 
but not extreme heat. So, based on that, this week's top 10 list is the top 10 things the UK is unprepared for. Number 10. A stampede of cute fuzzy baby kitties. Number 9. A swarm of wild butterflies. Trust me, those butterflies will get you. Number 8. A light breeze. Number 7. Leaves falling off the trees in a polite, orderly fashion. Number 6. The sun. Number 5. On the list of the top 10 things that the UK is unprepared for. Nighttime. Number 4. Daytime. Number 3. Puppies. Number 2. A light dusting of snow, because that snow, that'll get you. You know, that'll get you worse than the butterflies. Between the snow or the butterflies, I would rather... I don't know. I don't know what I would rather do, but still, point is, that's bad. Anyway, number one on the list of the top ten things the UK is unprepared for. Anything! That's right, we are not ready for a single thing in this country. We have rain that stops the trains, we have snow that stops the trains, and we have sun that stops for trains. So we are not prepared for a single solitary thing. And that is this week's top 10 list. When we come back, we will be putting a bow on this banana to stay with us, won't you? Back from the early days of the big drive home show that I used to do, I had a lady who sent me an EP of her new song. It was called I Want You and I loved it. I adored that song. So I had her on the show once, then she kept sending me singles, I kept having her back on the show. I, I really think we've become kind of friends. You know what I'm saying. And her name is Hannah Layton Turner. She is from Hannah's Yard, a musical collective, as I dubbed them. And I hadn't had Hannah on the Peter Greenwood show since it launched, so I had Hannah Layton Turner from Hannah's Yard on the Peter Greenwood show. Hello. Hello, Hannah. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm okay. It's it's been a long day already, but you know. That's true. <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna. Uh, how have you been? It's been a while. It has been a while. I can't remember when I last spoke to you. It must have been like, I don't know, more than six months ago now. I think it was. I think it might have been. Uh, this, might the, have been the album. Yeah, I think it was around the time of the album. Did you come on the show's second anniversary as well? I think I did. I think I did actually. Okay. Because shortly yeah. after, shortly after that, I got, shall we say, removed from the, from that show, under oh. difficult circumstances. Oh no! But you know, carrying on. Yeah. So what? So what? So you're not on the you're not on Pulse anymore. I'm still on Pulse. I I went back just on a different time slot. I'm now on Sunday afternoons, which is which is okay. Okay. No, that's all right. So. Um, this will be broadcast on Sunday, so I'll, yeah. know, I'll know when to tweet and everything about it. Yeah, this will be out on Sunday. Fabulous. Great. So I'm just getting some final levels checked and done, and then we will begin. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no worries. Perfect. I think we're about... Let's see. Does that look okay? Yep, that all looks okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm ready when you are. Are you ready? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is a very good friend of mine, I would like to say. She's been on, not this show, but a previous show a number of times, and this is the first time she's been on this new show, and I, I'm i so happy for you all to meet her. Ladies and gentlemen, Hannah from Hannah's Yard. Hi, Hannah. Hello. Thank you for having me on again. Hey, you're more than welcome. How are you? 
Oh, I'm very, very well, thank you. How are you? I am doing okay. I'm getting Good. there. I'm getting there. Good. <laughs> so there's so much we have to catch up on. Last time we spoke was a little bit ago, but let's not get into that. <laughs> uh, you're here because there's so much we need to talk about. Like, But, but first, let's get into the new EP. Yes, absolutely. So that was out last Friday. Um, so yeah, really exciting. It's called Reflections and it's our covers EP. Um, so we've got a section of four covers on there, um, three of them which are really great classic covers. So Jack Johnson, Randy Newman, um, and we've also got um, a cover of Blackbird by Paul McCartney, which celebrates its 50th year this year. Um, and also we've done a cover of a track from our debut album Beginnings as well. So we've got a, a wide range on there of um, yeah, classics and an original. Um, and yeah, the whole idea behind it was basically when we did a tour last year with Gordon Haskell, the songs on our set, which kind of got the most, the, the, the warmest reception was definitely the ones which were a bit more broken down, a um, bit more intimate. So the ones that was just myself and then James Reader on keys. So they're the ones which we thought, oh, well, if people like them loads, well, then let's do a covers EP. So yeah, that's how it all came about, really. See, I was going to ask that and... So that got the best reaction and you said, oh, let's do a covers EP, but let's do it really yeah. stripped down, really intimately. But then yes. there's a million billion songs you could have picked and you got just four. What was I that know, process exactly. like? I know, it was so, it was very, very difficult. So we've done like a cover of one of my favourite songs, which is like Jack Johnson, Best Together, which is just like, oh, I just love it so much. And um, yeah, again, that was the one which we kind of put our Hannah's Yard like twist on. So it's usually quite like a, um, it's kind of like a very summery um, guitar based, like classic song. Um, and we've changed it. So it's piano based now. And we've kind of done it a bit more slower. So it's a bit like a ballad, very free um, and very broken down. Um, so, and that was like a no brainer, really. We've loved that one since day one. And the Blackbird one, um, the Beatles, obviously Paul McCartney one, that came about. Um, we, we noticed that it was celebrating its 50th year. And also, it's again, it's such a, just a, a lovely song to sing. And again, it's um, guitar-based, so we switched that around completely. And again, it's piano-based. Um, and just, yeah, I absolutely love singing that one. Um, and then, yeah, again, so we did, the, we did Randy Newman, Feels Like Home. Um, I've actually kind of like um not like I didn't really know but I actually grown up listening to the Randy Newman because obviously he did all the songs for Toy Story so yeah. I actually used to listen to all these songs all the time not knowing that it was him yeah, um, a lot of people was, don't uh, yeah, sorry I was gonna say a lot of people don't no. realize that no no exactly so I've like been singing you've got a friend in me like my whole life and didn't really know who Randy Newman was and then yeah through um through the studio and everything I got to know of quite a lot of his music so um yeah James and Barnaby who I work with introduced me to some of the other tracks and feels like home is just such a beautiful song absolutely love it um and again one which people loved when we did it live so that was again why we put that on there um and then of course and then track four is never gonna say I'm sorry um and it's already quite like a slowish song on our um, debut album but we thought that would be quite nice if we did that a bit more freer and broken down again so yeah that's it was it was difficult to choose but um yeah i think we're very very happy with the choices that we've picked <laughs> <laughs> i would like to ask specifically about blackbird because that's the first yes. song on the ep yes. and 
for those who don't know you, for those who aren't used to your voice, it kind of yeah. hits you like a truck because you have this amazing voice. And anybody oh, who's not you. expecting it is just like, whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And of course, there's so many different covers of it, um, loads of different styles. Um, we recently just made a Spotify playlist, actually. We made one ourselves called Blackbird, and it's got all the different versions that we found from, oh, like there's, um, I'm trying to think of some examples now. There's some... Um, Oh my goodness, honestly, I can't think of the top of my head. There's like 25, and um, we found lots of famous people singing it. Um, Gregory Porter, they were coming to me now. Um, Gregory Porter, I think, like that. Um, and yes, yeah, so we just decided that we were going to do a version of it. And, and again, it, I suppose it does, in a way, like showcase um, my voice and also yeah, James on piano. So yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I would like to ask, what was hmm. the recording like of not just that song, but the whole EP? Because... This new EP is very kind of, as you said, it's free, it's stripped back. Was the recording process like that? Yes. So with like our um, debut album, that was like, we did it it a bit differently. Um, It was recorded over quite a long period of time and just made sure that everything was absolutely perfect and like just pristine, which of course you do for like a debut album. Um, and with this one we kind of did it a bit we did it a bit differently so we kind of did it like in an old-fashioned way if you like so instead of um kind of like chopping up and with the editing and everything it was more like set set to record red light goes on and just sing the whole thing and probably did about four takes of it and we just chose a take so there was no chopping up or anything um so it was just kind of like a live recording almost that was and going to be my next question. Like, of the four takes, did you chop and choose a, a line from this one or a bit from that one? It was all just straight through? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely just like that. So it was, like, more pressure, obviously, to get it right the whole way through. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was lovely, and there was no, like, click track, no metronome, anything. It was just all very free. Um, and, yes, it's just it's, – there's no, like, time signature or anything. It's just all very, like, just stripped back and – it was really, really fun, actually, because I've never done anything like that before and um, done a full live recording. But I think it really worked and it's kind of got a, got a bit of like a raw edge to it. Um, so, yeah, I just, yeah, it's, it was great. It's, it's a massive difference to me being used to everything sounding absolutely perfect and everything. But I think that's what I, I like about the EP. It's, it's quite raw. That's one of the things I liked about it, as you said, is it is just so stripped back and you yes. can absolutely imagine it being 1930s and you walk into an underground club and there's you and the yes. piano just singing away. That's Aww. the kind of vibe it gives me and I absolutely love that. Oh, thank you. No, it's it's so lovely. And what the beauty of having an EP is that you can like chop and change your styles quite a lot. So although we've kind of stick like stuck to like the Hannah Yards style, um, we've done we can change your kind of not genre, but you could with an EP you can kind of put different things out there. So for the rest of the year we've got like another few EPs planned and um they are like a little bit different from our debut album. And that's again like what's great about doing an EP, you can just like introduce like your listeners to something a little bit different but still sticking to that Hannah Yard sound and um, so yeah we've got some in some of our new tracks um there's some electric guitar and electric bass whereas we've only used acoustic before so it's yeah it's still stuck to Hannah Yard, but a little bit different which is really exciting that's something I was gonna ask you about you tweeted I think it was yesterday that yeah yes 
there's a new sound coming for Hannah's Yard, and you you dropped yeah. the bomb there. There's going to be a few more EPs throughout the year. What can you tell us at this point? Um, so yeah, we've been really busy in the studio um, doing some writing, which is something which I have never really done before. I've always just been a singer, and um, Barnaby Pinney and James Reader, who I work with, are the songwriters and they're the experts at it. So I've kind of left them to it, and I was too busy doing my A levels and everything when I first recorded the album. So yeah, they 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 were the songwriters, and they're all like amazing songs. And I'd never had the chance to actually do much songwriting apart from probably when I was like. 10 years old and I'd write a love song or something but <laughs> like not knowing anything about life or anything oh you know um, what yes, you need was... you know what you need to do is for the next EP is like a bonus hidden track you need to record one of the songs you wrote when you were 10 years old <laughs> oh my goodness honestly it's so funny I come across all these little books and notes and things from years and years ago all my little song ideas and it doesn't make me laugh it's great but <laughs> to actually write a proper song with proper songwriters um, and we all get together in the studio and it's all very creative and it's so exciting so yeah we've got a few new songs coming which is like just so so exciting um great musicians and oh it's i just can't wait so that will hopefully be coming later on this year so that's another thing to look forward to and when we, when that does come out you can come back on the show and talk about that again yeah a hundred percent love to love to <laughs> fantastic hannah i would before we play the song we're going to play blackbird from a new ep revelations Thank which you. is available on the on the itunes on the amazon music as well um, yeah, so it's, it's Reflections, and um, yeah, and it's out, it'll be out, it's out on Spotify, um, iTunes, um, Amazon Music, oh, every, everywhere, all the streaming and download services, you'll find it. I would like to ask, the new EP is digital only, uh, but mm. the, the album, Beginnings, was a physical release as well as digital, yes. how come, why did you decide that not to do a physical release of the EP? I think like with this day and age, lots of people just like um, to have something instantly. Um, I know I do. And so to just have it on Spotify and someone can listen to it just straight away, I think it's so much more appealing. Um, obviously, for like the album, it's something a bit like a bigger body of work and people like to have things like to collect. Yeah. Um, I'm never, well, we're not saying like we're never going to get any of the EPs actually done in hard copies. But yeah, for now, we thought we'd just leave it to download and everything and then just see like what happens really. Um, so I'm not too sure about what we'll do for the next um, few. Um, but yeah, it's um, all very exciting and we'll just have to see the reception we get, I suppose. And is there going to be a music video for any of, any of the songs on Reflections? Um, so for Reflections, um, there's nothing we've got planned at the moment, um, but we are looking into music and lyric videos, especially for the next songs. So that's something to look forward to. I cannot wait for the next songs. <laughs> this is the voice of Hannah Leighton Turner from Hannah's Yard, the musical collective, as we decided it was called last time. Yes. <laughs> we are going to play Blackbird, originally by Paul McCartney and done here by Hannah, as we said earlier. If, you, if you're not expecting Hannah's voice, it will hit you like a truck. This lady has the <laughs> voice of an angel, as we said one, um, once on the past show. Would you care to introduce your song for us? Oh, thank you very much for having me on, Peter. It's been a pleasure. Um, this is Blackbird, and it's from our new EP, Reflections. And that's where we'll cut it. Thank you so much. Did we cover <laughs> everything? Is there anything you want to go oh, back and absolutely. do? absolutely. No, that's absolutely perfect. Thank you. Well, that's, Thank it's you. been so great to speak to you again. I... Oh, I know. It's been so lovely. So lovely. Um, am I 
like do you want me to kind of make out that I was like live on the show should I tweet on Sunday or should I stay live chat with chat with you today or uh, <sighs> <laughs> well I'll, I'll play it out as live I won't say it's live I'll just say hey I'm talking to Hannah so we won't say it's live if you know what I mean fine yep absolutely so so shall I um I'll just should I do a tweet on Sunday. I'll do a tweet. I'll do tweets over the weekend today that I'm chatting with you on Sunday, and then I'll do okay. a tweet on Sunday as well. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great if you would. Now I'll, I'll do the same thing. Brilliant! Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. And honestly, like as soon as we get any more news or updates of what we're doing, any more songs, I'll yeah, you'll be the first to know. And of course, if we Thank get anything you. printed hard copies, I'll send them to you. <laughs> Thank you. You are so kind, and you've been such a good uh, friend over the years. Thank you so uh, much, Hannah. You're amazing. No worries at all. And hopefully, speak to you soon. I do hope so as well. Take care, Hannah. Have a good day. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye. 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 And that now of art. That, ladies and gentlemen, is it for this part two of the Peter Greenwood Show 2018 Roundup. I would like to thank you for your time and your patience. Stay tuned, because tomorrow is part three, which will take us from September all the way up until December. And there's a lot of good things that happened in those four months. I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure something good happened. <laughs> now, uh, uh, no, there's so much good stuff. Uh, we have Lauren Aquilina, Jane McCary, and a couple of surprises as well. And it's possible there may be a surprise for you on New Year's Day as well. You just have to keep watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back with part three tomorrow. Or whenever you're listening to this, hello there. Maybe you're listening to it in 10 years time maybe you're listening to it in 100 years time in which case i'm dead Ooh, ah spooky peter it's a ghost ah i'm gonna get out of here i will speak to you in part three bye everybody bye this is the peter greenwood show I'm Felicity Ward. Hi, um, I'm Jarrett. I'm from the band Bowling for Soup. This is Chris James. Hi, I'm Lauren Aquilina. My name's Orla Gartland. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a band of man, Rob Broderick, to the show. I'm Sunny. Please welcome to the show from Still Game, Jane McCarry. Hi, everybody. My name is Tessa Violet. And this was the 2018 Roundup, Part 2. <laughs> <laughs>